We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's get a speaker request in here. We've got, man, we got a lot of them here. Man, we'll have to rattle off a couple right now. We got a friend of the pod, regular Rainier. Rainier, what is your question, my friend? You are on stage. I know Rainier works, and I have to let this sit because. Hello? Hello? I've already, there he is. I'm I can't cut him off. Hey, how are you guys doing anyway? Good, man. How are you doing? How are you? Hey, you guys see that, uh, that, uh, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch and that, uh, Jimmy lookalike, uh, you know, yeah, <laughs> you sent me it on Instagram. I, I, I sent it to you. I'm like, doesn't that look like Jimmy G? I think he's taking notes. I don't know. It sounds like sabotage to me, written all over it. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was funny because it definitely looked like Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, that jawline gave it out though. Yeah, you gotta work <laughs> on that. Well, anyway, back to my question. Sorry about that. How much of the 49ers Super Bowl chances relies on this th- on this third overall pick in this year's draft? I'm is simply making the playoffs good enough for the years to come. If we're talking about if it's a rookie, then yeah, like making the playoffs is good enough. Like you make the playoffs with a rookie and he started every game or most of the season, I'd say that's a win because again, like I think everybody views it as like you got to win the Super Bowl, but me is like can you build up a quarterback that's going to consistently have you in position to possibly win the Super Bowl? And that to me is more about that. Like it's more about like having someone that's you know it's like I, I know I'm gonna have I'm gonna be in the playoffs because I have this quarterback. You know, from there mm-hmm. you're in potential you can potentially win the Super Bowl. So uh, that's what I'm looking for. Like can this guy is he a winner? Does he look like we can win with him? So um so despite who's in the helm, so for example, let's just say presumably so hypothetically now, uh Jimmy gets us to a deep playoff run. Is that good enough for him to stay with us next year? Or are we going to do the Miami Dolphins uh, route 
go that route and you know be do what they did to Mad Fitz Magic, you know, which no. was bench him and get rid of him. No, no. If I think it's good enough to get him traded for a higher draft. Right. Right. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. Like if, if Jimmy, oh. if the Forty Nine, the Forty Nine is in a great spot because if they stick with Jimmy Garoppolo and he plays well, then it's only increasing his trade value. And the Forty ers you know, you you get the benefit of winning games. The rookie quarterback gets to chill and learn. Mm. Uh, you know, you you get to the playoffs. Jimmy Garoppolo's trade value goes up even more. And you're good. And then you, no matter what, if they draft a rookie quarterback, they are not going with Jimmy Garoppolo next year. Okay. They're just trading him for a lot. Dang. So even if he gets it to the Super Bowl again, and I guess if we lose it, that's just more draft, uh, value for him. I think no matter what, they, they use three, they use three first round picks on one player. Like I that, mean, he, that's gotta be the guy. So whether you, will you win a Super Bowl with Jimmy or not? Like at the end of the day, this, this rookie has to play at some point. I mean, look how oh. far that Alex Smith took the Chiefs, and they still got went on moved on to Patrick Mahomes. Mm. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I. Well, I was thinking. I, I was. I don't know what I was doing, but I was thinking. I was like, <laughs> so what if what if Jimmy does all this? Like, we're still gonna trade him? Like, I I, I seem like <laughs> like I seem like Jimmy's gonna be like like telling John Lynch and Kyle like I called your bullshit. I did very good, and you guys still. Trading, nah, man, that's messed listen, up, you know? You're this is like, how you gotta look at it. Jimmy had his chance. Like, Jimmy, like, dude, you, we gave you a big contract, you know, in four or five years or whatever, and you missed two out of three years. So now it's like, you forced our hand into this situation. If Jimmy just stayed healthy, like, then we wouldn't be having this issue. Like, in, even when he wasn't, like, even when he was, like, playing, if he just looked good, like, 19, it was solid. Like, but it was still up and down. Everybody looks at 2019 as if, like, it was just, like, oh, like, she was super good all the time. Like, no, nah, it wasn't. Like, there were games that was, like, really weird looking. And we're lucky that we had a great defense and a terrific run game. So, like, it had been up and down. He never took control as, like, oh, I'm just this guy and I can lead this team. And it looks right. Obviously, he had, like, games here and there where I was like, okay, there it is. Like, this looks terrific. Like, he's doing a great job. But that wasn't very consistent, not as consistent as people think. And – then when you add like the injuries on top of that, and then when he did play last year, what it looked like having to get benched against Miami again, wasn't healthy or whatever the case is, but just what it looked like having to get benched against uh the Seahawks or them saying like, oh, he re-injured his foot or ankle or whatever. And then like possibly being able to come back, but didn't come back. Like all those things that led up to this decision. So no matter what he does now, it's like, you've had your opportunity. It's been, you, 2017 was when you were traded, they traded for you. 2017, middle of the year, finish off the season. Like, there's been plenty of time for him to solidify himself as that guy. So now it's like, no, you forced our hand. We had to do what we had to do. You can make the best of this situation and play your ass off. And if you do do that, then, hey, you'll be able to kind of like, you know, you have a no trade clause. You can kind of pick and choose kind of where you want to go a little bit. And, you know, we get capital back. And it's a win-win for both of us. And they'll probably, somebody will restart, you know, uh, uh, extend him his contract. But what if Jimmy goes, you know what, this is how much I love you guys. I'm willing to take a dramatic pay cut, and I'll I'll play bench, second fiddle. <laughs> no com- no. Uh, Kittle, no way. No, no yeah, no competitor wants that. Like, and I, I do truly believe he's a competitor and all that. And like, nah. Because like, he's gonna if he play know, if he balls out, he's gonna get paid by you. another team. He's yeah. he's gonna get. He'll get he'll get his contract. He'll the 49ers would trade him, and part of that trade stipulation will be that the next team gives him his new contract 
and then he'll just keep rolling on making hella money if he plays that good. And the 49ers will roll with their rookie. And if it doesn't work out, obviously in the future, Jimmy will be, uh, be able to be like, yeah, you should have stuck with me, <laughs> you know, but the 49ers have already rolled the dice. That's, you know, the die is cast. It's, you know, they, they're going to go to work now. All right, before before you guys cut uh, cut me off, <laughs> uh, so well, hey man, we got only got like six question, people waiting question. behind you. I mean, don't right, don't worry right. about it. <laughs> so my last question then, um, going forward with a rookie quarterback next year, um, when should we, the fans and the front office, be expecting a Super Bowl from Kyle and John before we start demanding for for, for their decapitation? <laughs> I think, yeah, that's a, that's a good, that's a good one to end on. I, I appreciate you, Rainier. Um, shit, I don't, I mean, it's all about the context, man. Like, we've been, kind of have been patient with them over these few years because, you know, you know, Jimmy tears his ACL. Obviously, that ain't their problem. Oh, Jimmy stays healthy. They go to the Super Bowl. This is what they could have done last year. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. And then Jimmy gets hurt again. You're like, oh man, that sucks. What horrible luck. But are they riding with a quarterback who's got bad injury? Luck, you know, so, uh, I mean, it, Super Bowl is not the end all. You don't get fired for not winning a Super Bowl. Otherwise, coaches would get fired all the time, you know, at least way more often than they do. But uh, to me, it's just all in the context. If the 49ers start winning games, start rattling off winning seasons and going to the playoffs, then no one's going to, I mean, it's no one's ever going to even think about it. But it just depends on, you know, the decisions they make and what the results are on the field. Right now, they're kind of somewhere in the middle. Somewhere in the middle, just because of the fact that at this point, kind of like this season, you know, the four, some of the, uh, while, while the, the losses have been because of Jimmy injuries, they're now, you know, a little bit of that spotlight moves to Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch because they're rolling with somebody that's shown that they kind of have an injury history. So it, it just, just depends on the decisions they make and what those decisions result on the field. It's not necessarily just simply wins and losses. You can boil it down to that, but you got to look at the context of, of the decisions that were made and why things happened the way they're happening. Um, that's to me kind of how they determine how long Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch stay where they are. It's just kind of the context of how everything unfolds. And if you're going to place blame, who's that blame going to be on? Because if it's on them, then, then it's on them. Um, next up, we got Graham Gates. Graham Gates, you are on stage, my friend. What you got? How y'all doing? Can y'all hear me? Yeah, yeah man, we got you. All right. Um, two questions. Um, so Albert Breer posted earlier, said it would take a, at least a first to trade Jimmy. Y'all were talking about the Patriots earlier, but I was wondering how realistic you think a trade with the Bears could possibly be. And second question, y'all were talking about drafting corners. Um, second round, what are you guys' thoughts on Melifon Wu? Do it, crap. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I like Iffy. Um, Melifano Wu Fu Fu. Um, obviously, you know, his brother was the, um, the big safety, uh, slash corner from UConn. Um, who I think is he on the 49ers? Yeah, he's one of their safeties now. Obi Melifano or whatever. Yeah, he is, right? Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, I thought so. Um, but anyways, uh, you know, Freak, his, his brother definitely very athletic. He, he did extremely well at the, at the pro day. When I watch him, especially for a big corner, like he's big, he's like a legit six two and a half, six three, two hundred twelve pound cornerback. So he's he's a big dude. I think he moves well. I think he does some things well. I, I think he 
plays a little big, but I watched a lot of them against Diami Brown, who, you know, I said, you know, I'm really big on Diami Brown. I, I thought Miller Fun Wolfful. I thought he did, I thought he did well. I thought he did some, like, things really good, like being able to, like, play well at the line of scrimmage, stay on, you know, that upfield shoulder on, on goal routes. Um, he was contesting things. Uh, he looked good in that game. I haven't studied any other games, and it's weird because this is a kid, I want to say since he's been a, since he was a freshman at, Syracuse when he was wearing number 23 he and I we would message because you know he had messaged me and told me like hey man like you know I watch all your clips and stuff I learned a lot from him so we have been in constant communication and it's been that long and I still haven't I still haven't watched his film so I, I gotta get into it um because we kind of go back now I guess we're kind of like friends now I guess so uh <laughs> I gotta watch him and see you know what type of prospect he is and like where I would take him now, he did ask about the, the prospect of Jimmy G to, you know, the, the Patriots or the Bears. And you may, and there's an Albert, yeah, the Albert Breer article that you're talking about. I actually read this today and I was, I wanted, it was something I wanted to talk about on the pod. Let me, let me see if I can find the part that I want to talk okay. about. Okay. Because it's going to answer your question, but I wanted to read it to give everybody some context because it was super well done by Albert Breer. He said, as it, I'm just going to read it. As it stands right now, I don't think the Niners feel any sort of urgency to move Garoppolo, which makes his market value completely irrelevant in comparison to the Niners' price. Think about it from their perspective. Where you, where you have, where you may have figured they'd bleed free agency this offseason, they were able to keep just about everyone they needed to, from Trent Williams to Jason Brett to Kyle Juszczyk and Jaquiski Tart. They're 14 months removed from being in the Super Bowl and were in contention in December last year, despite having the worst injury situation in football and in one of like the last 20 years. I added that. They'll get guys like Nick Bosa back. Now, if you're the Niners, and you have all that going for you, a team you thought was in position to win a Super Bowl this year, would you be tripping over yourself to hand the keys to the team to a rookie quarterback who you spent maybe an hour or two face-to-face with? Would, say, a third-round pick coming in back from Garoppolo, which would probably be a guy running down the field on kickoffs this fall, make it worth taking that risk? Or would you rather keep a guy who's been in your system for four years as a starter for now, especially considering how conservative Kyle Shanahan has been about playing new quarterbacks? Um, it took Garoppolo a month to get on the field after they traded for him. And then last paragraph, he said, to me, it's clear, absent something that really blows you away and makes you feel better today, I don't think you should do it. So if I were the Niners, I'd tell any team that comes to me with a lukewarm offer for Garoppolo to kick pound sand. And then I'd have myself in a position to where either the rookie blows everyone in a way and is rolling in 2021 or Garoppolo is in a fantastic spot with a really good team around him to boost his 2022 trade value and win big now. Either of those results to me is better than having an extra third round pick. And I agree with him. Like, and me and Croc have talked about this. Like, if the 49ers, their best case scenario is drafting this rookie at three and rolling through the season with Garoppolo. No matter what happens, you've got a plan for it. And if Jimmy Garoppolo plays well, you get a great, you, you know, his trade value goes up and, you know, you get to win some games. So, I mean, to me, I think he's dead on in the fact that a team's got to blow you away for you to just be able to just bail on Garoppolo, you know, cause you got to feel like you get better right then. And, and even, I, I know you've said this, Croc, like, you would trade Jimmy G, but you don't really want to. Like, you know, you want to keep a guy like that because of the, you know, the things he's going to bring to the table. And I just thought Albert Breer did a good job of summing that up. I don't know, Croc, what do you think? Yeah, no, I agree. Like, you know, I've said all along that, like, you would have to give me something that I can't turn down. And I said, uh, 
you know, just my thoughts. I think I said on the last podcast, but like, ideally I want a one. Like that, that's what would blow me away. Like, okay, you want to offer me a one for Jimmy? Okay, you can have him. I don't think I'm going to get that. A two, I would think about it, but I don't think I would do it just because I, I just value like having him. Now there's some people that will tell you like, nah, dude, you gave up or you used three picks on one player. And when we say use three, I've seen this kind of going around. When we say use three picks on one player, like you gave away two picks. So you gave away two and you still have to use the one that you have. So you're using, right. ultimately using three first round picks on one player. There was that, there was that dude in your Twitter that was just like really struggling with that. Like he was, <laughs> he was breaking himself into pieces, not realizing that like, look, man, once you pick that player, you have used three first round picks on him. Now, like, yeah, anyways, keep going, Greg. Yeah, but, yeah, I'm saying, like, you know, so it's like at some point, like, that guy does have to play, and ideally you would love for him to play right away, but I just don't think you know if he can play right away until you get him in the building and all that. And, you know, I, I think from that standpoint, I think Jimmy's value in the draft might be high. I don't know, but it's kind of weird because where we're at right now, most teams have a kind of addressed their quarterback positions, but I I would have to let it play out. I would just let it play out. And me, luckily it's not talking to me. If it was just me, I would say, shoot, I don't even want, uh, like, I don't even want a quarterback competition. Like, I would just be like, all right, Jimmy, like, be a leader, do your thing, yada, yada, yada. Cause I don't even want to put that type of pressure on the rookie to have to try to outplay him. And then like, oh, well, the rookie couldn't even beat out Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, I don't want that. <laughs> like, you know, I don't want that. I just like, hey, no pressure. Take the second string reps. Get your reps. We're going to, like, mingle you in. And then once we see, like, oh, okay, I think he's kind of ready. Like, I, you would do like what Miami did with Fitzpatrick. Like, all right, Fitz, you got to get out. <laughs> you yeah. know, all right, Jimmy, got to go. <laughs> got this rookie. He's ready. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, it's it would benefit the 49ers to hold on to Garoppolo as long as they can uh, until he's either playing this season or some team comes along and makes him an offer because – just doesn't hurt to have him there. Now that's obviously dependent on Garoppolo turning into a freaking like a cancer where he's just so pissed the 49ers traded up the three that he's, you know, he's causing a scene. He's being a bitch. He's, you know, to me, if you're making $26 million, you go in there and you compete and you be a professional, you know, but obviously there's, there's a human element to it where he might not want anything to do with, let's say Justin Fields doesn't want to talk to him in their room. Doesn't want anything to do with helping him develop. Maybe some drama could develop. You know, and, and maybe that turns the process toward another direction. But, you know, all things considered, I think the 49ers would rather have Jimmy Garoppolo in there to, 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 to give him that, that winning, that, you know, that great trans, chance to win right out the gate this season. All right. Going back to the mailbag real quick. I know we got a lot of speaker requests. We'll get to them. We'll get to them. I promise. Um, uh, Ellert Nick with the second round pick, you, all right, here you go, Croc. With the second round pick, you are choosing a complimentary piece for Fields. Who are you selecting between Pat Freermuth, Diami Brown, or Landon Dickerson? Diami Brown. And you just got done doing your breakdown for him, yeah, right? Yeah, and he's a top Croc talk, talk, Croc slash Patreon slash Croc Talk something. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Croc Talk. <laughs> no, he's a, uh, if you guys want to see that, you gotta subscribe, but, um, yeah, if you guys want to see that, you got actually I'll do something for y'all. So if you guys really want to subscribe, there's this um three dollar tier. It's a forty nine er tier. I'll open it up, and all the stuff that I put in the ten dollar tier, I'll put it in the three dollar tier for y'all. So just message me if you want that access to that, and I'll do it. But anyways, um I just did it on Diamond Brown, and I swear like he reminds me of like 
damn, like I see he could he could be like uh uh he could be like uh Devontae Adams. Like he's like that, like smooth, slick, but he's explosive. I mean wins vert like he does all this. Anyways, I, that's who I would take. Sorry. No man. Do you he's nice. Yeah. Diami Brown, he's nice. He really liked that. I just posted okay. it. I just posted it on Twitter. All right, let's get one more from Jeffrey Lyles at Lyles Movie Files. If Kyle and John hit on this QB, how many Super Bowls does he need to win to make people forget about not drafting Mahomes? <laughs> um, I mean, I wouldn't even put a Super Bowl on him, man. If he comes in and he plays well and the 49ers are competing and, and in contention every year, then nobody's going to give a shit about Mahomes anymore. Like, I don't really think that would still come up. But, I mean, if they, if you really want to put it on Super Bowls, they win one Super Bowl and nobody's saying shit anymore about anything. You know, like, it's just the magic trophy. Bears can't be choosers. We are, 49ers ain't won a Super Bowl since 94. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, you just, you win one and, you know, it, Mahomes could, I don't think that's the case because he's just so damn good, but Mahomes could never win a, a Super Bowl again and everybody's, it's not going to change the fact that he's hella good. Right. You know, it's, it's just how it kind of, you know, how he plays. And there's a lot more teams that are, that are kicking themselves over Mahomes than, than just the 49ers. But yeah, they're one of them for sure. All right, let's get back into the speaker request. Mike Bouvet, friend of the pod. Mike, what's up, man? Hey, guys. How you doing? I'm good, oh, brother. How are you? Good, good. Not too bad. Um, yeah, kind of – I'm I'm pretty much in, like, the Fields camp. I hope they draft Fields and, like, he sits behind Jimmy and Jimmy stays healthy. And, you know, uh, that's, that's like, pretty much where my thoughts are with all that. And, and yeah. then, you know, with Jimmy, obviously, too, I mean, the reason, you know, if some people can't, you know, understand is, like – you know, you guys always say too, the best ability, best ability is availability and he just hasn't been available and, you know, not, Niners can't keep taking chances like that. And so I understand completely why they've done all that, but kind of change the subject a little bit. Um, what do you guys think about, um, if he's available in the second round, um, that edge rusher from, um, Washington, uh, was it Joe Tryon? I'd have to, I mean, I'd have to look yeah. at him. I, I have no idea. Oh, okay. oh, is it T-R-Y-O-N? T-R-Y-O-N, yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. I mean, I could literally watch the highlights right now and try, try and give you a real answer, but. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> I do think that, like, they gotta get, they gotta get, I mean, Samson Ebukam, you know, he has somebody that, like, he's a signing that could explode for them because he was really sure. good in a limited sample size. John Lynch, I mean, so they did talk about D Ford a little bit. And, but they, you could tell John Lynch just didn't really want to talk about it. You know, yeah. like there, I think there's a very slight chance that D4 could end up playing and having an impact again, but I just don't think his presence on the roster should really be like, despite how much money he's making, should really be like relied upon. So I do feel like Edge Rusher is, is somewhere they could go just to make sure that they're just getting a constant flow of guys there. Cause if you think about it, Let's say Samson Ebukam was, was signed to kind of be D Ford's replacement because D Ford's not going to do much. And then it's like, well, who else? You know, who else they got there behind like Nick Bosa that's really going to come in and be able to do something because they let Ronald Blair go. He was a great, great like rotational guy. I uh, really liked him. You know, so it, it wouldn't surprise me if they were looking at edge rushers like that because they've, they've got to, they know that that's the bread and butter, man, keeping a, a constant supply of guys rolling through there is where it's at. And to me, it's kind of like a quarterback. Like if you can take as many shots on an edge rusher as you can, and just one of them pans out, the value's insane. Right. Right. Kind of like how you've always said, uh, uh, what is it? Um, 
picking in the draft is kind of like uh, having a, a batting average in baseball. Where if you, is, get, if you can still be around 300 or in the mid-300s, you're doing pretty good. <laughs> right. That, and I love it because like, I coach baseball too, and the the 8th uh, grade varsity coach always says to their guys during tryouts, like, dude, guys that, that have made the Hall of Fame failed 60% of the time, 65% of the time, and they made the Hall of Fame. You know, like just – and it's the same thing. Like, dude, you got to take your swings and, and, and hope you hit eventually, especially on like – Edge rusher being the second most important position on the field. So uh, I'm with true. you, man. I think it's definitely somewhere they could go with it. Oh, well, I, I, I'm hoping that they go with that, but uh, obviously, you know, we'll just see what we'll see when, when it all happens. But thanks again, guys. You guys have yourself a great night. Hey, man. You too, Mike. Appreciate you, dude. All right. Let's get another speaker request in because we got him in here. We got him in here. All right. Will, you are on stage, my friend. What do you got? Will, are you with us, man? Can you guys hear me? Yes, we can. Ah, sorry. Thanks, guys. Oh, um, you're good, man. First, uh, first uh, since, you know, Crocker has been so generous with his football knowledge and everything like that, I wanted to recommend that he uh, check for his own sources. Uh, one, look up Benicula on Google, and also look up Frankenstein Rabbit of Minnesota on, on Google. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to start with that. Uh, and then... My question would be, um, with so much talk about um, positionless football and understanding, like, who we have as offensive weapons on our roster and looking at maybe, like, the top three or four quarterbacks that will be available at three, of those quarterbacks, who do you think would best be able to quickly, I guess, weaponize our offense and take it, I guess, to the next level? Mm, I see exactly what you're saying. Yeah, I see exactly what you're saying. So, um, I mean, go ahead, Croc. I, I want to say, I want to say Trey Lance. That's what I want to be, say too. Be, because it's clear, like obviously, like his familiarity with like playing under center as much as he has his ability, like to throw off a of play action, which he did a ton of time, a ton at North Dakota State. Um, his ability to like stretch the field vertically, and then like you know he might have trouble like. Uh, just like maybe reading a full field. But I think there's definitely an offense where like you can utilize his passing ability and also his running ability as well as like kind of a power offense. So like something like what you see with like, uh, uh, Cam Newton, I think he can like run a similar style offense and you can build off of that. Like I think there's more off of that. And like, you know, you might hear like the Cam Newton and Trey Lance come. I think Cam Newton was a better like just pure athlete. Like, he was just, like, freaky with his movements and stuff like that with how explosive and big he was. And he's bigger than Trey Lance. <laughs> but um I think Trey Lance and, and, and Cam's arm was just, like, a rocket. And Lance has a really good arm, too. But I think he's a better pure passer than Cam Newton. So there there's a lot I know I kind of just said, but I think, like, you can put an offense around him to where it's successful, in, in my opinion, just with what he what he is and what his play style is. Yeah, I think, I think Trey, I mean, and this is dangerous. No, right. This is no slide towards Justin Fields, but I think Trey Lance, even, even with, even out of Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, I think Trey Lance has the biggest ceiling or the highest ceiling out of all these guys. You know, he's the, he has the least amount of experience, but also to me, he's like the freakiest. He's got the biggest arm. He's, I, I don't know how fast he is. I don't know if he's ever ran a 40 or what it was. Um, 
but he's got the biggest arm. He's shown that he can take care of the football. He's shown that he's able to read what defenses are giving him. He's shown that he, you know, he's, he can dudes that are like linebackers will, and pass rushers will just bounce off this guy because he's a good six, three, six, four, 240 pounds. Like he's just a freak. And, and a guy like that, if, if he hits all the right notes can really just blow up, you know, like become better than really anybody ever thought he would. And so if you were really looking at somebody that's going to be available at three, assuming Lawrence and Wilson go, I think Trey Lance is the guy with the highest like ceiling, that, that, the kind of that we may not have seen anything close to everything this kid's got type of and deal. He's young. He's but only 20 years just, old. Like he played, like right. everybody wants to talk about that season. Like he played that season as a 19 year old kid. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> and I get the, the, like the scary facts of like just not being very, uh, you know, seasoned and, and, you know, a little raw in the sense of like not much playing time and experience, but 19 years old, like, and he looked good. So it's like, okay, it, you got to look at him as a basketball prospect where they take these 19 year old kids and you got to develop parts of their game and kind of show them the way. And I think somebody with the 49ers would have to do that with Trey Nance, but the upside, the payoff kind of like the, you know, young basketball prospects, the the upside and the payoff can be tremendous. Right. It would be, it would be a ballsy move to take Trey Lance at three because obviously you're giving up a lot to get someone who's relatively unknown. But at the same time, it might be a case of Kyle Shanahan being so confident in what he can do with his offense and how he can develop that guy that he just wants the one that has the highest ceiling. Like give me the guy that could be better than all these guys. And the fact that I can get him to three at three is just a luxury and, and let me work with him and coach him up and, and turn him into, if they're confident with that. And, you know, you're talking about weaponizing that team and becoming this well-rounded, uh, you know, threat of, of a quarterback that can run, pass, and do everything you need to do. I think Trey Lance has got the highest ceiling, but it's just a lot of teams aren't willing to take those kinds of risks with a top three pick that you just traded a shit ton for. It's hard to, uh, it's hard to get everybody in the building on board with that, but it would be, it would be something to see. Who knows? Who knows? Now, obviously, I think Justin Fields has the same, has pretty nearly, I mean, his Justin Fields' ceiling is really high too. We've just seen a lot more of him and you kind of have a better idea of what you're going to get. So it's, there's a little less mystery to it in a good way. Um, cousin Vinny on the, on the, uh, on the mailbag said, do you think Shanahan and Lynch going to Jones and Fields pro days are a smokescreen for Wilson? Close connections. Maybe Jets are giving Darnold a shot. Corey Davis said he was told Darnold would be the quarterback. It's a good question. I mean, that could very well be the case. I, I mean, I don't, I don't see why not. What do you I mean? It's believable, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it is believable, but I don't know. Teams lie all the time, clearly. So, <laughs> right. I mean, I, typically, you don't want, they don't lie. I don't know how much they lie to free agents. So it was, it was Davis, right? That was told that Darnold was going to be the quarterback. Yeah, of course. I don't know, like if. If they, t- I don't know. See, that's tough. Cause I don't know if you tell a free agent, like, hey, these are our plans, like, for you to sign a big contract with us. And then it's like, psych, we're going with a rookie. Like, I don't know if, you know, <laughs> if you do that. <laughs> so if, if, if he was legitimately told that Sam Darnold was going to be his quarterback and the fact that, you know, maybe Robert Sala and, or, or Mike LaFleur talked to the guys in, you know, Shanahan or Lynch and said, I mean, they could have done him the ultimate solid. And said, Hey man, I'm just going to tell you this. We're not taking a quarterback. And then the 49ers are like, Oh shit, let's go. And so that that's why they go to three, you know? So 
and they're so excited about it. And that's why they're trying to convince everybody they love Mac Jones because they don't want somebody to tempt the Jets out of two. You know, so it, it could be like, you think about it, like the 49ers think the Jets aren't taking a quarterback and the Falcons get wind of that and the Falcons go from four to two and the 49ers are like, you motherfuckers. You know, like it, it could happen. It's, it's still on the crazier side of things, but it, it could definitely happen for sure. For sure. All right. Tariq, I know you gave it a shot earlier. Let, hopefully we're, we're, we're working here. Let's see it. Uh, you are on stage, my friend. Oh wait, no, Tariq's are okay. No, Tariq didn't have no problems. We heard, we heard from Tariq. Tariq's what's, what's up again, bro? No, no Tariq this time. Hello? No Tariq this time. Maybe he's there. Maybe you'll get it figured out. You can just put in another one, Tariq. All right, we got Thomas. Thomas, what you got? Oh man, Tariq just put in another one. Thomas, you there? What's up, guys? So. Yo. What's going on, buddy? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I just wanted to give my two cents on the Jimmy thing real quick. Like, I don't think there's any way that he can play or any reasonable expectation that he can well that his draft value is going to go up next year. I st- I'd still keep him because I still want him leading the 2021 team. I don't think anyway, like, he's going to get for ground next year. Croc, can you hear Thomas, or is it getting crazy for you, too? Yeah, he's kind of cutting in and out. Okay. Thomas, you were, you were cutting none in and out for us, man. I don't know if, if it's better now, but we couldn't, couldn't really hear what you were saying. Nope. Okay. It must just be a, a connection thing. If you want to put, Thomas, if you want to put your question, I know you kind of had thoughts, you know, which means it's probably a little longer. Uh, but if you want to put your stuff in the chat, we can read it out for you. Um, I sorry, man. It just, it just wasn't, uh, wasn't working. Uh, we got Vams. Vams, I think he's uh, is next up. Vams, what you got? Hey guys, uh, can you hear me this time? Yes, yeah. we can. All right, so I got to start out. Long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> <laughs> yes, dude, you're coming through, man. We hadn't had one yet, so the fact that you came through with that—that's that's excellent. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad that you, I was able to get you guys on the phone. So, so this is for Croc and Rob, if you want to get in on this too. But taking like a macro view, all the drafts that that Shanahan and Lynch have been here for 2017 is like Mahomes, Watson, and Trubisky, 18s, Rosen, Darnold, Lamar, and Allen, and 19s like Kyler, and 20s Herbert, um, Burrow, and Tua. Where does Fields rank among all these first-round guys? Ooh. Like, as a prospect, like, without hindsight, like, as a prospect, how does Fields rank up with all these elite guys? I think he'd, he'd be up there. He'd be up there. Let's see. What 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 class did he start with? Was it the 2018 like, so like, with Donald? Like like Mahomes, like like all the guys oh, that we've okay. been here. Like as Ooh. Okay. Yeah, because I'm trying to. When I think about this, I'm trying to think about him how how they were thought of then. You right. know what I mean? So, I think he would. He'd definitely be above Mahomes. You know, just yeah. by the way they were thought of. So I'm keep going, Croc. And we're talking about the consensus because I thought right. Mahomes had the most upside out of everybody in our class. I tweet that out. That's not a, a good hindsight <laughs> thing. Um, so Mahomes, for for most, I think he'd be ahead of Mahomes for most people. I also think that he would be ahead of Deshaun Watson 
for most people because Deshaun Watson, he struggled with his last year, some um, turnover issues that he had. Remember, he lost to, like, Pittsburgh and Nathan Peterman. Um, and then they questioned his, like, velocity and arm strength. So I think he would have went ahead of Watson as well. Um, now, when you start to move on to it – now, I don't know if he would have went ahead of uh, Trubisky. Trubisky. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if he would have went ahead of Trubisky. But I would think maybe because he's more of a passer, but, like, he has a big arm and everything, I think that would have been a good conversation. And then the next class, you had Darnold and those guys, and I think he would have been ahead of, I think, all of them. But then I don't know because now I don't – his evaluation has kind of been all over the place. Like, yeah, Gil Brandt that's saying that some teams look at him as a fourth-round pick. So I, I, I don't know. Like based on your I, evaluation, Croc, like your film evaluation of those guys versus your film evaluation of Fields, how do you rank these guys? Okay, I mean, now if, yeah, you're just talking Baker about Mayfield, me. If, if Baker yeah. Mayfield won one overall, then you know he, he would have been right there with him. Yeah, I would have because I remember I didn't like. I thought Josh Allen was like super inaccurate and all over the place. Um, he would have been. Yeah, I would have had him higher than Lamar Jackson because remember I didn't really like black quarterbacks like that. So like he would. <laughs> like, and when I say that, I mean like I don't want guys that want to run. So he would have been really high for me. Like he would have been, he would have been up there for me. I said black quarterback, and he's a black quarterback. But I mean, like I want like the passer first. So um, he probably would have been. I, I think I would have had Mahomes ahead of him because I really liked Mahomes. And I just thought he just did a lot of freaky stuff. I would have had him ahead of Deshaun Watson, and I think I would have had him ahead of like the 2018 class as well. Yeah, and then, like Kyler? 2019 as well. But I did really like uh, Kyler Murray. I did really like Kyler Murray, so I don't know. It would have been close between him and Kyler Murray for sure. But with the size and the arm, would you take him, like if they're in the same draft? I don't know, man. Kyler Murray Murray was doing some freaky stuff at Oklahoma, like just the way he was able to kind of like flick the ball and throw the ball and like move around and run it. He was like hella fast. Like it just looked different. Um, There would have been a conversation, but I think I might have would have had Kyler Murray. Over him. But then I would have been like, oh, well, this guy is 6'3", 230 pounds, so maybe I'll go with him. Yeah. And how about the, the last class, the Burrow, yeah. Herbert, and Tua class? I would have had him over all those guys. So this guy's like a, a top three guy. Like in all and we're talking about as prospects. We're yeah, talking about them prospects. as prospects. So, yeah, like this is, you know, because now I'm like, whew, Justin Herbert, I'll take him for sure. Joe Burrow, we'll see. I like him. I mean, obviously he had a historically great year, but, you know, his, like – he had like freakishly great offense with all these weapons. Um, you know, offensive line was like terrific. I think he moved well, but I don't think he had like the biggest arm or strongest arm. So, you know, I don't know like if he was just like this great processor or just more of a playmaker. So, you know, he would have been, there would have been a conversation, but I think I would have taken Fields over him like as a prospect. So the only guys you got for sure over Fields is Mahomes and Kyler? Yes. All right, for sure. Okay, yeah, I just wanted to, like, get get a, a comparison across draft classes. Like, how elite is this guy? But, again, I, I'm not saying, like, he's generational. That's just, you know, like, that's just kind of, like, my, my thinking. And without using hindsight and kind of knowing what guys are now. All right, for sure. Okay, that was my question. And, like, final question, what what number do you want Fields to wear? Uh, you got to wear number one. He looks clean in number one, so. All right, for sure. Thanks, guys. All right, Bams. Appreciate you, man. All right, let's keep it rolling. Actually, let's get to uh, – we only got two more questions that are on the mailbag, and we got to we gotta make this quick. So, hey, when, uh, for the speaker requests, when we have you in there, have your question ready to roll because we're at over two hours. I mean, the mailbags always go long. We know that. But uh, make sure you guys have your question ready to roll uh, that way when we get in there. 
don't be, don't be trying to have no discussion. You know, I don't, I'm not trying to, not trying to hate on your thoughts, but you know, we're just trying to get everybody in here. All right. Jonathan on the mailbag said people keep saying that Kyle has a QB type, but he was seriously considered Deshaun Watson before the scandal. Fields is the perfect QB for this offense. What is Justin Fields floor and what is his ceiling? Well, I mean, if you're comparing him to Deshaun Watson, then you can say Deshaun Watson is his ceiling. Deshaun Watson yeah. is an elite top five NFL quarterback. Yeah, I'd um, say that type. But any, any crazy thing, I mean, he has a bigger arm and he's more athletic than him. But Deshaun Watson has something that you can't like quantify with numbers or anything where he has like the it factor. So I think yeah, that's the kind of difference yeah. between those two where Deshaun, Deshaun Watson kind of has like the it. But I could say, you know, I could see that as his ceiling. And I think like, you know, if you go like ceiling, I'd say something like that. If you say like what he's more likely to become, I'd say Dak Prescott. And then like there is a floor, which I don't know exactly what that is, but there is a floor. The floor, floor is just not in the league anymore. Like, <laughs> you know, well, like you don't I work mean, out. I would say RG3, like what he has become, which is right. a backup, a backup. In the, in the backup. Make some sparks and then, and then that was it, yeah. you know? So, I mean, the floor is always, you ain't around no more, but. If you're talking about as low as you can go, but, uh, you know, I, I get what you, you mean. If you, you could set a different floor than that and you don't think that's the thing, then, then I think RG3 is probably a good one. All right. Last one on the mailbag. Uh, Badman Bates Buck. Why is literally no one talking about what Kyle did with RG3 in the run game in Washington? We just talked about that, bro. Having a threat at quarterback made Alfred Morris lead the league in rushing. Mm-hmm. That man ain't exactly Jim Brown. <laughs> he has to be salivating for Fields or Lance to open that part up of his playbook. Right. That's definitely an interesting, like, way to kind of look at it, like how the quarterback helps their actual run game, which we see that in Baltimore, right? For like, sure. We see, we see, like, the 49ers had a really good run game, like, really good. And Baltimore was still their number one rushing offense because of the, when you factor in the quarterback and they were making, I mean, Lamar Jackson makes, like, I think he made Ingram money, like, he made Ingram look really good. He made, Edwards or whatever his name is, like he made him look really good. Like, like a lot of that's Lamar Jackson, like where he holds um, guys from crashing down and they don't know what he's doing. And then he hands it off and guys just hit the hole and they're springing for, you know, 10, 15 yards. So it definitely helps. I think Alfred Morris had what, like 1600 yards that year. Yeah. So, it was, yeah, it was nah, ridiculous. It, it definitely helps to have that dual threat quarterback in, in your running game for sure. Now I know Kyle, Kyle would really love that, you know, if he had that added value. Right, 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 right. All right, let's get to our next speaker request. Uh, Tariq actually popped another one in here, so I'm assuming we should be able to hear him again. Tariq, you there this time, brother? Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, I just had another, uh, question. So I, I've been listening to you guys, and y'all been saying like, you know, Lance's greenness, you know, how kind of raw he is because off the limited sample size. But the crazy thing is, he has the same amount of starts as Mac Jones. Yeah. Yeah. True. It's a good point. That's a real thing. I think the thing that people come back to is, and you know, it's like, well, he does have a smaller sample. I mean, well, the, the sample size is the same, but one is against FCS talent and then one was a national champion and up for Heisman. You know what I'm saying? So I think they right. kind of look at it from those perspectives, like just kind of like, you know, one was 19, one had been sitting behind Tua and Hertz for four or five years or whatever it had been. Yeah. So I think, you know, even just like, like gaining knowledge, understanding the game, like, you know, one was around it even from that standpoint a lot more. Where the other one, it was just two years. Redshirt freshman year. I mean, uh, freshman year, redshirt freshman year. And then that's it. 
And then after that, he's preparing for the NFL. You know, he played right. one game. So, um, yeah, that's that. I think that's the tough part with, with that. And then not only that, he didn't really throw the ball a whole lot. So then you have that for aspect sure. of it too, where there's not the passing attempts. I think I saw somebody say like 288 attempts or 288 completions or something like that. Like right. that's not, it's not a lot. Now, when you look at it, and I, I compared it to like Cam Newton, Cam Newton's, Cam Newton really only played one year at, at Auburn. Now, he won the national t- championship, he won the Heisman, but they threw the ball like right about, I think it was like one threw the ball more than the other, like three more passes. So they, they weren't throwing the ball a lot. Um, and then, and then, uh, 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 Cam Newton went to the NFL and his first two games in the NFL threw for over 800 yards. So, <laughs> you know, like is I don't think that there's no way you have to project. You have to project, mm-hmm. and and that's all you can do. What can Trey Lance be? And there's going to be a team, whether it's the 49ers or other, that takes a chance on that. And we you know whether yeah, it pays I off think, or not. You know, I really think we jumped ahead of the Falcons. I I, I think the Falcons went around. I think that's why we went ahead of the Falcons to get Trey. Well, Lance. I think they were trying to trade up yes. with the Falcons. I think they were willing to trade up to five, like. Pick six, five, or four, or something like that, and I, end up right. I, I know that was the whole like the whole thing. We talked three, four, and five, but I think you know <laughs> that's just this is just my theory. But like four was kind of like some espionage to see their willingness to trade the pick, you know, to trying to get intel on what they're going to do. Because if they're not getting a quarterback, then yeah, they'll, they'll be more likely to trade. Then if so, yeah, I mean it. It's tough to say. The, the hardest part about all this is we just don't know who that third guy is. Right. You know, that's, that's the hardest part. And they gotta be comfortable. You don't trade that much. And, 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 and you don't trade that much while there's still a lot of risk. You know what right. I mean? They wouldn't be trading that much if they felt like there was a chance that the, the guys they like aren't going to be there. You know, sure. I just, I, I don't know who it is, man. I, I for some reason, I, I, at one point I said my gut told me Justin Fields and now, you know, my gut tells me Trey Lance and that's probably going to flip flop like about 10, 15 times over the next month or so. But I mean, Trey Lance is just like, man, like as long as it's one of them, I think we're in good shape. I mean, it's I like, agree. I agree. If the other two is Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence, like I just don't like Mac Jones is a different kind of quarterback than both of them. So like it's a, it's a one, it just can't be him. I, I pray it's not him. Uh, <laughs> Uh, man, I and I feel you, man. I texted Crocker that just a little bit ago. Like, I feel like I'm at a point where, and I'm still not even saying that the, that Mac Jones in the 49ers couldn't be good. I'm just saying, like, I am ready to see what those other quarterbacks look like in Shanahan's offense, and I want to see what he can do with a truly dynamic athlete that can run and pass. Because to me, that's where the NFL is now. That is, you know, him uh, Shanahan unlocking his offense to the fullest extent. So give me one of those guys. I don't care if it's by some miracle Trevor Lawrence gets there, Zach Wilson, <laughs> uh, Trey Lance, Justin Fields. They all offer that dynamic, you know, it, oh, to an ex- sure. to different extremes. So if one of those guys gets there, then that's, is that is the pick, then that's exciting. If it's Mac Jones, then, I mean, f- <laughs> fuck, man. <laughs> all right, man. Y'all have all right. a good night. Appreciate Thanks, you. All right, Tariq. Appreciate you, man. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Appreciate Hold the mayo, please. Somebody, uh, I, wanted, I wanted to read it. Where's Jorn? Um, hold on. <laughs> Jordan wrote, you, you MFers obviously need to watch more films. Here's Croc's Patreon link. <laughs> 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 All right. Let me, uh, let's keep going here. We got Tony. Tony is, uh, Tony's was in here earlier. We know what's working for Tony. Tony, you're back up on the speaker request, man. We got Tony and then we got, uh, and then we got Tom. We'll give Thomas another shot. And then that's, that's when we'll have to call it because we're already over two hours now. So at some point we got to break the news, but. Tony, you're in here, man. What you got? Hey, thank you so much for taking uh, my speaker request. In reference, uh, in reference to what uh, one of the call, one of the guys brought up on the Albert Breer report, I think the Patriots are hot on Jamie's on Jimmy's trail, and I think they'll eventually offer a first round, whether it's this year or next year or whatever. Do you think there's a possibility that the Niners trade for somebody like Minshew, one of the leftover? Guys that may be available to June 1st. And trade Jimmy, uh, right in the draft day. That was my question. I appreciate if you guys can answer that. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah, of course, man. Um, I do feel like if the, if the 49ers, cause what, what I feel like the 49ers don't want to do is draft a quarterback at three and be like, all right, man, here's the keys. Please don't, please don't crash. You know, like, I feel like the 49ers don't want to just throw it all onto the plate of a rookie. They could they? Yeah. And will, and could it work out? Of course it could. But I feel like the 49ers uh, want to put themselves in a position where they can give that guy time to, to develop. And, and maybe, maybe they could, you know, if they feel like they can win games with a Gardner Minshew, I guess you could, but that's why it's going to be so expensive for them to move off Jimmy because they feel like they're in a unique scenario where Jimmy can help get them winning games right away if he's healthy. And then you only need to bring up that backup in a certain situation. So it's really hard to see what they would do if they just upright traded Jimmy, you know, and who would be the guy they brought in. I mean, maybe Josh McCown comes out of the woodwork and gets another shot with another team. But I don't know, Croc, are there any options you can think of out there that would be like, that would offer the same kind of benefits, benefits as a Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, kind of what he's offering the 49ers right now? Oh, you know, Croc's not even in here. We lost Croc. Man, he just abandoned me. He just, he's, he got tired of it and he just left and he just left me. So he'll be back in here. It's all, it's all good. Um, so to me, it's like, like I was saying, like who, if you're going to, if you move off Jimmy and if somebody offers you a first, you should obviously, but it, it's going to be tough for them to bring in a guy that offers the same type of kind of like experience and gives you this, that, that buffer, that buffer of not having to start your rookie quarterback right away. You know, and that's what they like about where they are right now is they don't have to just put all that pressure on the rookie and they can give him time to time to figure it out. You know, and that's and that's tough. That's tough. So uh I really don't 
I don't know who else they would bring in. At, at that point, if you're trading Garoppolo, I think the 49ers are just saying, uh, we can make it work with the rookie. We'll, we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. Yeah. RIP air that hoe out, man. Crocker just, Crocker just bounced. They've been having tornado warnings over there. So hopefully he didn't just get swooped up. I mean, it says he's right here. Let me, let me, let me invite him to speak. See if he pops up here. Oh, there he All is. Right, I'm back. Hey, speaking of what happened to did you? Did I tell bitch? you about the tornado thing? Did I tell you what, like, what happened? I mean, no, the only, when we were FaceTiming that one time, and you, I heard you ask somebody if your, if their internet was back up. What else okay, happened? Okay, so listen, dude. So I'm watching, the, I'm watching the uh, tournament, right? And at the bottom of the screen, cause we're, you know, we're watching on CB, CBS or whatever. And it's showing that there's a tornado. They call it, what do they call it first? It's like before warning is like something else, like t- tornado watch or whatever, right? So we're on tornado okay. watch. All right. And then it turns into a tornado warning. Right. And then if it gets like kind of close, I guess the sirens throughout town start going off. Did I tell you about that part? Uh, you did. Yeah. yeah so the sirens going off throughout town. Right. So I call like, you know, some people I know out here and I'm like, Hey, the sirens are going off for the tornado. What do I do? And they're like, Oh, don't worry. It's north of, it's north of, they were like, it's north of you. Don't worry about that. Right. Like it's north of us. Don't worry about that. And when it says north of us, I'm thinking like Little Rock, which is like an hour and a half away. You know what I'm saying? But when, when they told me it was north of me, they literally meant like just north of where I live. I, I guess you can see exactly where it's going to touch down. So it was only like one, two miles away from me. And it was like, you'd be able to see it. In yeah. The it air. like flipped cars and tore off roofs and everything. So you had an actual tornado like a mile and a half, two miles yes. away from you. Damn. Did you see no, it? No, I didn't know. I, I, I God dang it, <laughs> I wasn't, I watched a lot of that movie Twisted. You should have chased it, bro. You should have gone in that car and just like try to chase no, it down like, like the no movie. No way. But yeah, I just had to tell you that. <laughs> that's crazy. Dude, that's crazy that there was one that was actually there, man. I mean, cause Twister was such a, like that movie was just at a child, a point in my childhood where like, I was like, tornadoes are fucking awesome. And I was drawing them all the time and stuff. Like, so I feel like being in that situation would be cool for about 30 seconds and then it'd be like, shit, this is real. I got to find. I hear it's really scary. The people I've talked to that have like seen it, like where it's like, Oh snaps is right here. We got to go. Like they say it's like the scariest thing ever. Yeah, like, they, like hell, hell is like beating your house up and hitting you. And yeah, they said it's crazy. Yeah. You just, I mean, you just feel I, like you're going to die. That, like that's that what they fun. say. It just feels like you're going to die. Right. Right. I, I say right now that it would be cool, but I know in my heart that it would not and I would be terrified. Yeah. So, um, that's cool. That's crazy, dude. I did not know that an actual tornado rolled up yeah. on you. Um, all right. So I did say that we were going to give Thomas another shot. So Thomas's speaker request is right here. Uh, again, Thomas, it was just kind of cutting out on you. So hopefully it's a little better, but you are back on stage. Uh, Thomas, what you got, man? This is your moment. No, Thomas? No, Thomas. Thomas, we'll make, we'll make it work next time, man. We'll make it work. We gotta, sometimes the audio can be a little bit wonky or, or maybe there's a setting that's off or something, but we'll make it work, man. Just make sure you keep coming in here because we allow people to get up in the speaker requests no matter what. Like even when it's not a mailbag episode we still we're still doing the speaker request thing so um but hey guys that is uh that is two hours and 20 minutes hold on we got of, a, of good last person go um vehi proportion we gotta he's been trying to get in we gotta we gotta put him all right 
then then let me let me do something real quick because I have a suspicion. I have a suspicion. So I mean, it, it because it's at the ep- end of the episode, it probably won't be that bad. So let me let me pop this up right here. We'll get Behe in here, and then I will uh, I'll get my my trigger finger ready. All right, man, you are you are on the mic, buddy. Hello, can you guys yeah. hear me? Yes, we can. Hey, what's up, guys? First time caller. Um, yeah, I I honestly don't get the uh, Trey Lance hype at all. Like, I don't know how people have him ahead of Fields. Because uh, they nitpick Fields for his Alabama game and his Nebraska game, but if you actually watch those games, he was he was playing actually pretty good. He was tough in the pocket. He's just a tough player. His his worst game is better than Trey Lance's best game. So I don't get why so many people hate on uh, Fields when Lance is. I don't see it on the tape. I don't see the potential. The potential is there because he's really young, but. His tape, Lance's tape, isn't really that good. He's a good runner, but I don't. I just don't see it with Lance. I don't know. What I, I see saying. what you're saying. Like, and what, what you're. I don't want to say what you're missing with Lance is, but ultimately, it's all like what he can be, like off of his traits and ability. So that's what they're they're doing. They're just projecting his yeah. type of ability and and like what he can do, which he he does everything well. Like he just didn't yeah. throw the ball a whole lot. So, you know, when you take out the fact that they don't throw the whole ball a whole lot, like, don't look at numbers, don't look at anything, just look at, like, what he can do. And from that, that's when he's intriguing because he does everything well. Um, obviously, like, there's things that he can, like, work on, you know, his accuracy dipped at times. But, like, I reached out to coaches specifically to ask, like, you know, what, what, what's easier to fix, accuracy or, um, you know, what they're saying with, uh, Justin Fields is like a lack of, um, what's that word? Uh, uh, um, processing. And they said that the accuracy is easier to fix. So when you look at Lance and what he brings to the table, like the, just the big arm, the athletic ability, like the solid accuracy that obviously can be improved, his ability to make plays on the move where he's rolling out, throwing, he can throw downfield in the tight windows, like doing all those things. I think when you obviously you didn't see it in abundance and you didn't see it over multiple years, but just when you look at the traits, it's all there. And I think that's what people like and what's intriguing. And the one yeah. thing I would say, yeah. dude, just to just to jump in here real quick, is there's no part of at least me and Crocker, and most people I talk to, there's no part that are like up on Trey Lance and down on Justin Fields. It's just like I'm up on Trey Lance and I'm also up on Justin Fields, and I feel like both of them offer kind of a similar mix of talent for the 49ers. It's just like I said earlier, Trey Lance, some of the stuff he's shown. It's just been a little freakier. And I I don't knock really Justin Fields for every quarterback has bad games. And some of Justin Fields' best games were in the biggest moments. And that is something that can't always be taught or coached or, you know, it's just that, that, that clutch gene, you know, so I'm not down on anything Justin Fields does. And I'm not, I'm obviously not super high on anything Trey Lance does. I just think that maybe like Croc said, and, and like Croc said, the thing that stuck with me is we had this conversation on the phone. He's talked to multiple quarterbacks who coaches who have worked at the NFL level and a lot of them prefer Trey Lance. So that should tell you something that, that, you know, guys with a lot of experience are seeing that makes sense. No. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. You know, he's really young. He's got the potential, but he doesn't really anticipate throws like Justin Fields as I've seen him anticipate. Like I, I love Justin Fields. I think he should be the pick. It's either him or Zach Wilson. When I watch Trey Lance, I'm like, there's no way Kyle Shanahan gave up three first round picks for this guy. It just doesn't make any sense to me. So I think it's got to be 
Fields or Wilson or else I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to be really sad. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I have to be honest with you. And no, no, um, you're good, man. Yeah, for Jimmy G, uh, just one more other thing. Bill Belichick gave up a second round pick for Muhammad Sunu. I think he would give up a first round pick for this guy Jimmy <laughs> yeah, G. You might right. just throwing that's it out that's there. That's a good point. That's a good so, point. Yeah, no one's saying that, but I I could see him doing that. But the salary, I don't know if they're going to want to pay him his salary. It's like twenty five million, I think. I don't know if he's worth it to them, but. If he gave up a second rounder for Sunu, he's going to give up a first rounder for his guy. The only way they could get out of that is if they were really kind of confident in their decision with Jimmy, just based on their experience with him, they could always, you know, make it, you know, renegotiate his contract to where, yeah. you know, that salary is a little differently distributed. You're still going to have to pay him pretty much that. But yeah. they could always move it around. Hey, how do you pronounce your name? Uh, Vahe. I'm okay. Armenian, so yeah. No, no, I got you. I'm going to be, I'm going to be real with you right now. And I think this is a funny thing to end on. Yeah. I was in. Uh, Chris Biederman and Kyle Madsen's The Candlestick Chronicles podcast the other day, and they had a guy in the chat that kept saying, please let me talk. And when he fi- they finally let him talk, and he said something super crazy about male genitalia that I'm not going to repeat. He was basically just a troll. And, oh, and and it was all on – now, that stuff's easily edited out from the podcast scene. And so yes. when you said, please let me talk, I was like, I am not going to let this guy talk because <laughs> I, had, I had total PTSD from what just happened to Chris. So I'm not – I wasn't trying to ignore you, and I'm totally glad that it worked out. I just wanted you to know why I was a little hesitant because that just – when you said, please let me speak, it instantly made me think of that. So I'm just being real with you, man, and I'm glad you had you had some legit stuff to say. Yeah, no problem. Like, I understand. I just, I was really excited to talk with you guys. It was my first time on this app, so I really wanted to get my, my word in. So, well, hey, man, you've been that. on now. We know that we know the name, we know the face. So next time you're jumping in, you won't have to wait. I promise, bro. All right. Thanks, man. Appreciate All right, it. Brother. Yep. All right. You too, buddy. All right. So that's, that's my, that's why Crocker, when you were telling me that he wanted to talk, I was like, okay, let me get my trigger finger ready because the moment he starts to say something crazy, I'm going to hit this button right here. And, and thankfully he was totally legit. So that was, uh, that was my reasoning for waiting on that. And that's kind of just the unfortunate thing about the app. But hey, if anybody's getting any ideas about doing that, like you would get like your five seconds of fame, you would get kicked out of the room and then it just gets edited out on the podcast and, Nothing comes of it. So it's like, <laughs> good job, dude. Like, that's awesome. You know, like, good stuff. So, anyways, that's two hours over. Oh, we're, we're at like two hours and 15 minutes if you don't include the downtime. But so I think that makes for a pretty legit mailbag episode. Uh, Croc, you got any last thoughts, my nah, friend? I'm good, man. Yeah, me too, brother. Me too. Hey, if you don't follow us on, on Twitter, I mean, I'm sure everybody here does. I, I'm at Rob underscore louder, L O W D E R, and you can find Croc at Eric underscore Crocker. And of course, the Patreon link. Patreon.com slash Croc Talk. There you go. There you go. I had to give him one last plug. Um, I appreciate all you guys, man. I really, really do. I love this. Uh, I love the locker room. I love the fact that you guys are in here. I love the regulars. Malik, I see you, buddy. Um, literally was in here a second after I started the room. So I appreciate it. Uh, and, and to everybody listening on the pod, pre- I don't appreciate you any less. Y'all are still the ones making this happen. So, um, you know what it is. I'm Rob. That's Croc. This is Striking Gold for another episode. We are signing out. Justice for Trey Lance. Peace.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.